Thank you for listening to a Christ-centered message from Grace Community Church. We are committed to proclaiming the authority of God's Word without apology and trust that you will receive encouragement as we study today's passage together. Let's go in our Bibles together this morning. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs chapter 31, we will be looking today at verses 10 through the end of the chapter, 10 through 31. Title of today's message is A Divine Portrait of Grace. A Divine Portrait of Grace. We've gathered here today. It's a special day. We've gathered to worship the Lord. We've gathered to exalt the name of Christ. And part of this day is we honor those ladies, the ladies who brought us into this world, And those ladies, uh, some of us are married to, who are mothers, and we're thankful. The book of Proverbs closes with 22 verses dedicated, dedicated to the virtuous woman, a woman of valor, a wife of honor. How does the portrait of God's ideal woman compare or contrast with the woman that we see by our culture today. It's very different. Abraham Lincoln is the one who said, no man is poor who has had a godly mother. No man is poor who has had a godly mother. I think there's a lot of truth to that statement. How many here were influenced by your mother or perhaps grandmother in your spiritual life, coming to faith in Christ, Raise your hand. Women have a powerful influence in our lives. God used my mom the day that my heart was convicted. And I found her, said, talk to me. And she opened her Bible. We had this 70s, might have been late 60s, beautiful green couch. And by that couch, I gave my life to Christ. Oh, we're so thankful for moms. I'm thankful for my mom. Paul reminded Timothy, all right, this young man in the faith. And he reminded Timothy, and it's in Scripture, 2 Timothy 1.5, and he says, I am reminded of your sincere faith. He's talking to Timothy. A faith that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And now I am sure dwells in you as well. You hear what Paul is doing? Hey, Timothy, you remember your grandmother? You remember your mom? You remember those women of grace, those women of God that poured into your life? And what he's saying to encourage this young man is I see that happening. I see what what made them unique. They passed it on to you. I see that in you. What an encouragement. When Thomas Edison was a young boy, his teacher sent him home. She sent him home with a note. Your child is dumb. We can't do anything for him. Okay, Mama Bear Edison didn't respond too well to that. (laughs) No, she wrote a note back. Just imagine if there was social media in her day, right? (laughs) You do not understand my boy. 
I will teach him myself. Tell me a mom doesn't make a difference. Oh, a mom makes a difference. Now, if you just look and your Bible is open and you look at Proverbs 31, and you see these words, this, this book of wisdom, all right, all throughout the book of Proverbs is wisdom personified as a, as a woman to be sought after is wisdom. And it comes down to the end of this massive monumental book. Do you see the textual space devoted to the place of the woman? This isn't just a passing verse. This is the entire Hebrew alphabet for memorization that in the Hebrew home, every Sabbath, which would be on a Friday evening, the husband, the father, and the children would go through by memory the Hebrew alphabet, and they would be praising the virtuous woman. And Mother's Day for them then would have started every single Friday night. Thanking God. Praising God for this woman. This passage is not to be used in, uh, in such a way like, see God's perfect, virtuous woman. Now let me help you see how many ways you're not perfect. Okay, who here is perfect? Nevertheless, when you see someone, you see a beautiful painting, you see a beautiful arrangement of flowers, can you not appreciate that? That's why this is here. It's the ways that we can see God's grace and his favor poured out in our lives. And none of us deserve a woman like this. And on our own, we can't be a man or woman like this. This is all a testament to God's grace. Ladies, you are loved. And it is right, just as Paul to Timothy, it is right to show honor to you, an honor that is pleasing to the Lord. It's my aim today to tear down the false image that the world would present to be the perfect mom and raise up in its place the biblical model of God's portrait of grace with her timeless virtues. And I pray that many Many of our young ladies will see this portrait, see these characteristics in the lives of their mothers and say, God help me to be like that. Make me to be a woman of grace. Now listen, maybe you grew up without the companionship of your mother. Undoubtedly, with an audience this side, this size, there are so many situations, there are so many different families, there are so many different mem memories Perhaps you think back and maybe your mother was not all that she should have been. And maybe there's a place that this day is difficult. Grace is needed. Grace is available. And I want you to know God's grace. We have all failed. Maybe you're a mom and you are overwhelmed. Grace is available to you. Grace is available to you. We have all failed in so many ways, and we're in need of receiving God's grace. Why? When we receive God's grace, then we can freely give God's grace. 
when we have tasted of his mercy, when we've tasted of his goodness, when we have benefited from his grace, then we're giving away what is not from us. It's from God through us. And there's a limitless supply of grace. A woman that is overflowing with God's grace is of utmost value. But listen to me, loved ones. There's no shortcuts to this woman that we see in Proverbs 31. You can't order this on Amazon and have it in prime delivery, you know, in a matter of uh, a couple of days. There's no cutting corners. What is God's portrait of divine grace? And then we respond with a prayer, Lord, thank you for these women in our lives that show this grace. Lord, I need your grace. Help me. Run to your Father. This woman that we see in Proverbs 31, it's not natural talent. It doesn't come from her outward beauty. They play no part in the formulation of her true worth. This woman that we see, a woman of virtue, is a woman of discipline and devotion. Her decisions for her life are deeply rooted in her faith in God. Because of all things, above all things, here's a spoiler alert, she fears the Lord. That's the key to this woman. She fears the Lord. And if you fear the Lord, what do you have to fear other than that? It's the fear that displaces all other fears. If you fear the Lord, what do you care what people think of you? If you fear the Lord and he delights in you, Oh, I pray that we, like this woman, learn to say no to many good things, to say yes to what is best. That's this woman. Proverbs 31, if you follow along there, verse 10 is where we'll begin. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works willing, with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands to the hold, hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. 
Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. This is the word of the Lord. This morning, if you have your worship guide, there's a place where, where you can write down and I encourage you to just, if it's helpful to you, to jot down these thoughts. There are some spaces and there's just, if you, if you look at it, if, you, if we can see this as a portrait, this woman and all of these different characteristics in her life and in each of these places, we're gonna see how the writer of Proverbs depicts this woman. The virtuous woman displays excellence in five areas of her life. There's, there's grace displayed in five areas of her life. First of all, we see displayed grace in her marriage. She displays grace in her marriage. This woman is good to her husband. And I would say this, she's good for her husband. She's good to her husband, and she is good for her husband. This is a very different woman than the woman we read of in verse 3 of this same chapter when the instruction from the mother to the son, do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. Stay away from that kind of a woman. This woman is a virtuous woman and she is good to her husband. Some words that help us understand her character. This woman in her marriage, she is rare. She's rare. She is unique. She's a woman of excellence. She is hard to find. Like I said, she is not only good to her husband, but by God's design, she is good for her husband. She helps him see his blind spots and weaknesses. And men, don't we love that when our wives help us see our blind spots and weaknesses? No, it gets to us. It bothers our pride. It gets at us. And then we realize when we finally wise up. I should have listened to her to begin with. And, I, and no wives said amen. They're like, nah, I'm gonna go easy on him. It's Mother's Day. He knows it. I don't have to say anything. I don't have to spike the football there. That's good enough. Listen, this woman, she's good to her husband. She's unique. She's rare. She is hard to find. She doesn't crush him over his faults, but she helps him in ways that he cannot help himself. Do you remember when in the garden, the Lord made a helper comparable to Adam? Now, helper is not the idea of, you know, I'm working out in the, in the yard or you're working in the kitchen and here comes a kid and they're, you know, mom's little helper, daddy's little helper, which really means they're getting in the way, they're going to slow the project down and then it's going to get a whole lot more messier and then you're going to have to clean up afterwards. Oh, but isn't that cute? Dad's little helper. That is not the biblical view of marriage. To admit that you need help is that you cannot do it alone. You need someone to help me. I need your help. And that's what she does. Plain and simple, men, our wives can be used by God to make us better men if we let them, if we stop being so stubborn and so self-centered. And the men are like, I thought that was for Mother's Day. What are you doing to us? The Hebrew phrase here that is used was also used by Boaz to describe Ruth 
in Ruth 3 and verse 11, this is Boaz speaking. He says, and now my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask for all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. You're a rare woman. You are unique. You stand out. Now, some of you women know that it has been hard or is quite almost impossible to find a man that is rare and faithful. Well, Proverbs agrees with you, 20 verse 6. Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find? They're rare. A faithful man a man who's faithful to God and faithful to his vows and faithful to his church family, that's a rare, that's a rare guy. The Lord loves and prioritizes and, and blesses this kind of a man. This woman is rare, but also this woman is valuable. She's valuable. She is far more precious than jewels. She's valuable. Men, is this how we treat our wives? This is the key to us leading and loving them well, is to see them the way God sees them. Oh, God sees all the faults, and his love chases us down. And his love never abandons us. His love is never abusive or harsh to us. His love is faithful. Oh, may we treat our wives, our daughters, our mothers, our sisters like they are. Valuable. Rare. This woman is trustworthy. She's trustworthy. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. Her excellence provides a shelter for the heart of her husband. He loves her, and he trusts her, and they work together as a team, depending upon God to supply their need. This picture is beautiful, loved ones. They give and receive forgiveness together. They go through times of joy and they go through times of sadness and sorrow, but they go through it together and they depend on the Lord and they seek his face and his grace abounds to them. Their relationship strengthens when it is founded upon Christ, when it is founded upon the Lord. She is trustworthy and she is faithful. She does him good and not harm, all the days of her life. This is a description of love that is selfless. It is sacrificial. It is a love that serves. She is a devoted woman for life. She will live and one day enter into eternity having fully experienced the grace of God in her life. So in this, in this first depiction in her marriage, she's good to her husband. She's rare. You can see this picture being drawn in, these different shades. She's valuable. She's trustworthy. She's faithful. But the passage continues on. 
What about her pursuits? How do we see the grace of God in her pursuits? This woman is gifted at what she does, and we see this in verses 13 down through 19. This woman is a wise entrepreneur with many plans and many possibilities and responsibilities. Women, you are looking for your uh, verse. I'm sorry, guys. Here we go. What is she good at? What is she gifted at? Number one, shopping. (laughs) Shopping. She brings home, we see in verses uh, 13 and 14, she seeks wool and flax, works willingly with her hands. She's like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar She brings home what is needed. How many times have I heard or I get a text message, I need help bringing in the groceries, right? Can you come out and help me bring these things in? Now Amazon drops it all off, right? Or FedEx. Stuff showing up at your house all the time. What's happening? She's shopping. She's bringing in things from now overseas, wherever it may come from. She's shopping. She's providing, we see in verse 15, Some get up early and some stay up late doing what needs to be done, providing. She's a provider for the family. She's taking care of the ones in her household. Her activity is a benefit. It reaches out beyond her children, beyond her husband. Her friends bring, you know, children's friends come over and she provides for them. It's a place to be. She's a blessing to all. She's a provider. She's gifted at planning ahead. She engages in, this woman here, real estate. She's making deals. Finds property, saved up some money, buys it, can plant. We've got the seeds ready. She's planning for a vineyard. Well, what do you get out of a vineyard? Grapes, raisins, wine. This woman loves to have fun. This woman is planning for a good time to come. She's planning for marriages. She's planning for celebrations. She's looking forward to good times for her family. It's a powerful woman who is driven not by the love of money, not by more properties, not by that. She's driven by a lasting purpose that God has given to her family and she loves them and she blesses them. What's another aspect of this woman's giftedness? Strengthening. She's gifted at strengthening. This happens to her personally, and this happens to be in her presence. This is her children. This is her husband. This is her friends. They are a better person for knowing her. Just to be with her, she is strong, and she is strengthening as she draws nearer to the Lord. She's intentional about her health. She increases her strength, physical strength, mental, spiritual. Why? To be a blessing to others. This woman of valor, valor is not a doormat. She's a woman of noble character and she will stand up and she will stand out and she will stand for what she believes when she knows that it is right and righteous in the sight of the Lord. She's a strong woman. She waits on the Lord for her strength. Isaiah 40, 31 tells us. That's this kind of woman. She's strong. 
And men, we need that. We need a wife who will be honest with us. That's actually loving to be honest and have real conversations. And we need this in our lives. This woman is also protecting. She is gifted at protecting, we see in verse 18. She knows the value of what she has. Sometimes she she sells it. Sometimes she trades it. But she cares for all of her merchandise and she keeps watch over it all the time, especially the people in her house. She knows where they are. She knows what they're doing. She's protecting them. She's guarding them. And this woman is creative. She is gifted at creating. Do you know a hardworking woman like this? Always coming up with ideas. Always gifted at, look at this display. Look at this that I made. Look at this. And there's so many different ways that you ladies are gifted. Not one of you is the same. Not one of you shares in the exact same interests. But you're gifted. You're creative. I've been blessed to know many creative women like this. That women are strong. These women are tough. I mean, think about it. Your mom carried you and some of you carried a baby nine months. Imagine how many, I mean, apart from the physical differences, how many children would be born if it was left up to men? (laughs) Women are strong. Children, remember that. Honor your mom. She has a unique place in your life. Show that honor. Show that thankfulness. Now I'm preaching to myself as much as you as often as we can. Look at at this woman. She's gifted at shopping, providing, planning ahead, strengthening, creating, I mean, this is a glorious woman. The third area that we see, not only is she good to her husband, gifted in her pursuits, what she does, but also in her community. This influence stretches out beyond her home, beyond her own just personal, the people that have her last name. This woman is generous to those in need. We see this in verse 20. In verse 20, she opens her hand to the poor, and reaches out her hands to the needy. Because of all the work that she has done, she puts herself and she puts her family in a position to become more and more aware of need. They aren't trying to just be wealthy for themselves, but they want to be generous to others. So her hand opens to give. When she hears of a need, her heart is moved and her hand opens to meet the need. She responds. There's a need. Somebody is, the word here is crouched down, bent over, oppressed. She sees them. Her heart is moved and she opens her hand to help. This is not a greedy woman. That's that's mine that's ours. This is a generous woman. And her daughters and her sons and her husband, they learn this from her watching, taking her cues of generosity. She responds to a need. 
She sees someone crouched down. She sees someone crying. She sees someone broken down, and she responds to that need. When we were on vacation a few years ago, we were out west. Just an unfortunate situation happened in the campground where we were. Couldn't really, didn't really make sense of everything until after it w- the dust had settled, the family that was staying next to our campsite. And Ginger got a text from Emma. Emma was in, you know, the, the ladies' restroom, and someone was in there just crying. And Ginger uh, received the text from Emma, and she's like, you got to come in here. And here was a woman on vacation. Her husband joined in at the last minute and quite honestly ruined it. And then it all made sense once they pulled out. And I looked over, and this is where uh, there was a rodeo the night before. And here's that kid's rope that's over on the table, and the family's gone, and there's the rope that this kid had just gotten. And I'm thinking, if I was a six-year-old kid, I would be with the rope, and my family would be down the road, and I would still be in this campground. There's no way I would leave the rope from the rodeo. And I'm just trying to figure out what happened, and then it all starts coming in that the dad just left and he just shoved the kids in and left and it's just this huge falling apart of a family on vacation. And Ginger had an opportunity to just do what this woman does, just come alongside, put an arm around, just have a moment and encourage, pray for, That family was from Wisconsin somewhere. Who knows where they are today? But aren't there families like this all around us? And this woman, she opens her hand when there's a need, but then the writer goes on and says her hands extend to share. This is to someone who is lacking supply of daily provision. And the excellent woman looks for ways to serve others, to make a difference. It's not just when she hears of a need, she opens a hand. This woman's disposition is, I'm all in to make a difference to others. My hands are reaching out to those in need. This is a virtuous woman. This is an excellent woman. Who's like this in the Bible? Old Testament, Ruth. Read the book of Ruth, that woman comes home with Naomi, oh no, I am not leaving you. Your God is my God. Your family is my family. Where you live, I'll live. Where you die, I'll die. Nothing will separate us. And they come home and, and Ruth says, Naomi, do you, can I go out? Do I have your permission? Can I go out and, and harvest and glean in the fields? And Naomi says, sure, whatever. She's so bitter, heartbroken, crushed, down. And God has provided her, Ruth, in his grace. And Ruth goes out and just randomly on a field and happens to be Boaz. And Boaz is going about his daily, you know, the Lord bless you guys and the Lord bless you. And who's that? Oh, that's Naomi's daughter-in-law coming back from Moab. Uh, Table for two? And the short end of the story is, God blessed her for going out, not sitting at home, going out to care for her mother-in-law, which she did not owe anything to, 
And the Lord said, here, let me give you a kinsman redeemer. Let me give to you an example of what Jesus is. Boaz was not a perfect man, but he was a type, a prefigure of Jesus, a redeemer. And there, what does the Lord give to Ruth? How about you become great-grandmother of King David? Wow. In the New Testament, in the book of Acts, Dorcas was an active woman in the church. She would make garments. She was a woman that extended her hands to share. And she died. And they all gathered and they, oh, we can't. We've got to have this woman back. And they all are bringing the garments. Look, she made this and she made this and, and she made this one. And, you know, and there's just a testimony of this woman poured her life out into the lives of others. Her hands extend to share. She's gifted at what she does in her community. She's generous to those in need. Let's go into her home. In her home, she guards her household. We see this in verses 21 down through 29. She watches over everyone in her household, and this woman lives with no fear. She is ready. She is a strong woman. Her household is clothed well. We see this in verses 21 and 22. They're ready. The word there translated in English, clothed in scarlet or, or double clothing, fine cl clothing. They're ready. They're ready for the winter. And all of them, including herself, they, all, they look good. There's thought that's gone into, what are you going to wear? There's planning. She's considered style. She's considered matching, unlike most of us men. She knows what she's doing. She, why? Because it's, a, it's an expression of her love for them. Anybody got those family photos where your mom took all that time and put everybody matching? Oh, we've got one of those, you know, from way back in Montana. I remember we're all wearing the exact same outfit. And my mom, who knows how long it took for my mom to make all of those outfits for that day, special day. That's, a, that's kindness. That's love. There's a care and there's concern. Somebody said, nice shirt. Yeah, that's because my wife got that for me, right? It's care. It's consideration. Generally, compliments only come when I wear something that my wife got me. If it's something I got, it's just plaid. This, that's easy. It's plaid. This woman takes care of her household. There's thought that's gone into this. She's considerate of them. Her household is clothed well. Her husband, verse 23 says, is respected in the gates. That's the leadership of the community. Now think about this. The guy walks in, like, who's that guy? Uh, well, his wife is Mrs. So-and-so. Oh, wow. Well, he must be all right if she's married to him because have you heard about the character of that woman? Maybe I need to get to know this guy. What a woman of valor. Her husband is respected. I'm still, I'm still slightly convinced that the advice given to me at the last church, Pastor Wayne, when, when our time came to end and we're preparing to send out uh, resumes to churches, and it was either him or it was Kevin that said, hey, listen, you got to send a picture of your family. <laughs> I was like, okay, 
I think that was actually a little bit of slam on me. They're like, you look good, but really send your family picture. And I'm still just a, a little bit convinced that the church hired me based on, well, look at the family he has. We'll give him a shot. We'll give him a try. We'll see what happens because, I mean, look at the family. There it is. All right, I knew it was true. Her husband is respected, verse 24. Her materials are prized. If she bakes a pie, you better get it before it's gone. If she makes a salad, if she makes whatever, you better get it. It's going to be the best. This woman makes a sash, makes clothing. Like, who, who made that? Did she made it, didn't Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to get that. I mean, it's been a while since we've done the potluck thing, right? And you show up and somebody makes, and what do you do when you go to a potluck? You know who makes what and you're finding it. I'm going to find it. Somewhere it's here and I'm going to eat that. Now, I will tell you one thing. It doesn't always work out so good in the potlucks. We were in uh, Texas somewhere. I'll leave it wide open like that. Great state of Texas. Summer of 94, I graduated. I was traveling in the music group where I met Ginger. We all stayed at homes. There was a church potluck after the Sunday morning, you know, music group sang in church, and then we ate together. I went through that Texas buffet lineup potluck. I was like, no, 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 no. Taco salad. That was the only thing in the whole lineup that looked good to me. So I filled my plate with the taco salad. I got back to my, you know, the table and Ginger and her, and her friend, another, late, another girl in our music group came, sat down, and I'm just shoveling it in. I'm just eating that taco salad. Like, this is the only thing. That, and they said, oh, are you eating that? And I'm like, yeah. Oh. We stayed at the home of the lady that made that, and she had really long nails, and I don't think she ever cleaned under her nails, and she was doing the salad like this. <laughs> and I'm stuck. I'm just stuck. It's the only thing that looked good to me. And I'm sitting there like, <laughs> okay. I didn't see it, you know, and I, I ate, or I, I don't remember how much more I ate, but I was just wrapping it up like, man, that was a plan that just failed. Okay, this woman, now I don't even know who that woman was, okay? This woman, whatever she makes, bakes, sews, creates, you've got to have it. Her materials are prized. Her future in verse 25 is secure. She laughs at the time to come. Why? Because she's ready. This woman is clothed in strength and in dignity you can't buy that at Kohl's or anywhere else. Her clothing is clear. Strength. Dignity. She's planned for the future and even for eternity, as we'll see in a few moments. In this woman, there's no fear. There's no contest with her. It says this of God, Psalm 2 and verse 4, that he who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them, his enemies, in derision. Psalm 37, 13, but the Lord laughs at the wicked for he sees that his day is coming. 
This woman, she looks at the future and there's a confidence there. There's no contest. She, she laughs. Her future is secure. There's no question that Jesus is Lord and he will be exalted. And so it doesn't matter who you are and what you raise up against Jesus. It's not going to change the final outcome, beloved. He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. And everything else that just comes against him, it's just not going to amount to any contest. This woman, her future is secure. We, uh, when I was a youth pastor, we were at a camp. There was a little guy and they had brothers and there was just all kinds of stuff going on. This guy was about this big. I think he was in probably sixth grade. And there was, there was something happening with his other brother and, and he comes at me. He didn't like what was going on. He came at me his arms were flailing like this, you know, and he was just so frustrated. And I just remember I had my hand like this and I had it right on his head. And then right on his head, and he's like, ah, don't leave my brother, you know, and, he, and I'm just standing there talking to his brother, whatever was going on. And that little guy was just over here like a fly, you know, he's like, ah, ah. and then somebody came over and they just like picked him. I'm like, come on, it's gonna be all right. And we worked it out. Difficult situation, but it, it was just kind of, 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 of a laughable moment of, what, what are you going to get done here? It's, you're not going to accomplish anything. Just hold on, hold tight. It's going to be all right. This woman, her future is secure. Her message, verse 26, is mercy. We find on her lips, we find coming from her tongue, it's filled with wisdom and kindness, not bitterness, not criticism, not manipulation, not jealousy. Her words come alongside others and give them life and healing. Lift them up like the good Samaritan. He went in down alongside that one who had been robbed, beaten, and left for dead. And his life intertwined with that traveler's life. This woman's message is mercy. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Verse 27 her watching over is tireless. She's like a guard in a tower. She watches over her entire household. She's watching. She's guarding. I may have told you before, when I was a kid in Montana, Montana was cold, and I had the brilliant idea. One night, my feet were cold. And so we had this old heater electric bar, you know, one bar was low, two bars was high. The grate that covered it, you could about put your hand right through. It looked like a big football helmet. I was cold. So I got up in the middle of the night. I grabbed that heater. I took it up between the wall and my bed, and I put that heater there, and I plugged it into the wall, and I turned it on just low. That was smart, just low. And then I put my bedspread over the heater so the heat would just flow nicely up into my, into my bed and, and would just warm my feet and I could just sleep so well. My own version of an electric blanket. <laughs> I don't know how my mom woke up that night. Middle of the night, maybe I made more noise than I thought I did. Usually I was pretty quiet. And she came in and she checked the situation out do you know how many years I had an orange bedspread with a black spot on it that big around? <laughs> she should have framed that thing. Whenever you think you're wise, look at that spot. 
you about took out the whole house and family long before the fire retardant material and everything. Watching over the household, tireless. This woman's legacy is blessed. Her legacy is blessed. Verses 28 and 29, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. You are at the top of my list. Her legacy is blessed. Her children come to recognize the blessedness of their mother, and so does her husband. And they are able to say, you know what? You're mine. And you're the best. And they're able to say, will you forgive me for all of the times when I have taken that for granted and not treated you in the way that God desires for you to be treated? Are you, thinking, are you tracking with me, men? Because we get lulled into a lie that is well, she should be happy to have me. I mean, have you seen me? Yeah, she's seen you. And she loves you to her character. It's grace. She guards her household. Why? Why all of these areas? Here's the secret. Because of it's, it's her heart. You look into her heart, she's given to the Lord. This woman fears the Lord. She lives with an eternal perspective. When you understand her true identity, there you find the key to unlocking the secrets of the success in her life as a wife, as a mother, as an entrepreneur, in whatever the business is that she does in her household. It's spiritually she's vertically right before the Lord. We, we studied it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. She's right with the Father in heaven, and therefore horizontally the relationships can flow in grace. It's her walk with God. She can be good to her husband because her heart belongs to God, who is greater than her husband. She pursues the right things well because her heart belongs to God. She's generous toward others in her community because her heart belongs to the Lord. She guards her household well. Why? Because her heart belongs to the Lord. So what will be the outcome then? Verse 30, she'll be praised for that which lasts. She'll be praised for that which lasts. How long? Forever. Because the fear of the Lord is clean and enduring forever. And the writer says that the external charm and beauty, that's all shallow, it's temporary, it's transient, it's fading, but the kingdom, that's the kingdom of self and it's very small. It's passing away, it won't last. And Jesus says, don't lay up treasure on earth. This woman will be praised for that which lasts forever. this woman will be praised for all that matters most. For all that matters most, 
Verse 31, give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. The fruit of her hands, what is this? This is the works of her life. Ladies, the works of your life, the working of your life will come back to you. Do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. And I'm so thankful for the scripture that says, and if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. His grace runs deep. If you look at this woman and you say, oh, I'm just not like her in, in so many ways. Welcome to the club. That's all of us. Whether you are a man or whether you are a woman, But when we understand that his love for us does not go up and down with our performance, but his love is based upon his character and not upon our conduct. Now we're getting to the heart of this woman. His grace runs deep. Go to your father in heaven and stay the course. Listen to me, ladies, some of you have children and they are wayward from the Lord. They are out in left field right now and you wonder where are they and when will they come back? Do not give up. I was reading of Augustine, Augustine. His mother's name was Monica and she prayed for him and prayed for him and prayed for him and prayed for him and thought her prayers were never gonna be answered. And in the very final, I think it was the final year of her life, God just arrested Augustine's heart and converted him and changed him forever. Before, with the prayers of his mom, all he cared about was living for lust, living for knowledge, living for fame. That's all he cared about. All of his mother's prayers, he said it was my back was to her, my back was to the Lord. And her praying was relentless for him. And then she engaged the help of someone else, Ambrose, to pray with her. And that prayer was answered not only for her son, but also for her husband. Don't lose heart. Don't give up. Your work will come back to you. Listen to what Charles Spurgeon says. He says, I cannot tell how much I owe to the prayers of my good mother. I remember her once praying. Now listen, listen to this prayer. Now, Lord, if my children go on in sin, it will not be from ignorance that they perish. And my soul must bear swift witness against them at the day of judgment if they lay not hold on Christ and claim him as their personal savior. Spurgeon's mom was praying, but she told them the truth in love. And she was saying, I've told you, and I'm praying for you. You can't say, no one ever told me. And he said, oh, how much the prayers of a mother. What are the results? The results of her efforts, these will be her best legacy when God's grace is actively at work in and through you, then others will do what Matthew 5, 16 says. They will see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. It's Him working through you. 
for his good pleasure. So the woman of excellence, let's look at this portrait. In her marriage, she is good to her husband. In her pursuits, she is gifted at what she does. In her community, she is generous to those in need. In her home, she guards her household. And in her heart, she's given to the Lord. And this is the key. With that picture in mind, as you look at this picture that God elevates, this is the virtuous woman, this is the excellent woman. I love what Tim Keller says. Under, when we come to understand that God sees us to the bottom and he loves us to the skies. And when you look at that list and you say, thank you, God, for the, the mother or the wife that I, I now I see these characteristics at work in and through her. And women, when you see this and you say, but I'm not seeing a perfect picture when I look at the woman that I see in the mirror, I want you to understand your father is working in and through you. And it is all his grace. If there's anything good that you see, areas like, yes, I'm like that. No, I'm not like that. It's all his grace. And this prevents us from being arrogant. And this prevents us from being so dejected and cast aside that we feel worthless. No. Our value is found in Christ. May you find him to be all. I love what Paul says. Who is sufficient for these things? Who is sufficient for these? Who can be this woman? But he later answers that our sufficiency is from God. Find your sufficiency in God. How do we respond then? How do we respond to this description of an excellent woman, this divine portrait of grace? Let me, let me bring this application in for us. What do we do with this? Well, we need to recognize our need, men and women, for receiving and relying on God's grace. We need to be able to trust him and thank him for everything that is truly good in our lives. And this come, keeps us from becoming arrogant and it keeps us from being overwhelmed with our sense of inadequacy. When we find our sufficiency in Christ, God knows all about us. And beloved, listen to me, if God in love sent Christ and he knows everything about you, if he freely offered up Christ for you, what will he withhold that is good from you? So the question is this. Have you received the grace of God in Jesus? Have you received his grace? If not, today is the day. Are you living in this sanctifying grace? Because here's the reality. When we trust him, we get the grace and he gets the glory. Don't you need his grace today? Don't we who belong to him long for him to receive the glory from our lives, from our marriages, from our homes? Where do we go? Go to your Father in heaven through Jesus. And go now. And go always. Amen? Let's stand together. Father, humbly and boldly we come to the throne of grace desperately in need of mercy desperately in need of help we thank you for your goodness we thank you for your work by your spirit in our lives and we ask for you Lord to be glorified in us 
I pray, Lord, for those who are discouraged this morning, those who are grieving this morning, that you will comfort them by your spirit. For those as they think about a relationship with a mother or their own operation in life and and they're filled with discouragement, maybe even with anger, Father, may they run to you. May they come to you. For men, for sons, husbands, fathers, oh God, help us to honor these women in the way that you see them. Help us to do that. Forgive us, Lord, for being stubborn and selfish and arrogant. May we be humble before you and be used as you would commend us to be and command us to be to love our wives as Christ loved the church and get to know the joy, a foretaste of heaven in our homes. And may it all be for the glory and the honor of Jesus in whose name we pray, amen. Thank you again for listening to Teaching from the Word at Grace Community Church. We are located in Richmond, Michigan. You can find us online at mygracechurch.com. Please subscribe and follow us at My Grace Church. It would be greatly appreciated if you would take a moment to rate, like, and share this message. We want you to always remember that you are loved.